today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Just wait. Oh, I know what it looks like now. Doesn't look good for the home team. <laughs> Just wait. And oh, by the way, it was when he went into the sanctuary of God, the presence of the Lord. That's a good place to start. Because when you do, then God, now that he's got you and your undivided attention, he's going to show you some things. And you know what he's going to show you? He's going to show you how it ends for them. It's hard to look around at the things going on in the world and not feel discouraged about how evil appears to be winning. But as Pastor J.D. explains today, though things seem good for evil right now, it won't end that well. They're bound for destruction. They will not win against God and His people. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. But for now, here's Pastor J.D. in the book of 2 Timothy chapter 3 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. The counterfeit validates and authenticates the genuine. You know, it's kind of interesting because these two guys, when the Nile River is turned to blood, they do the same thing, counterfeit. Here's a question. Why don't you turn it back to water? Well, you can't do that. Why can't you? Because it's a counterfeit. Satan cannot create He can only counterfeit. And when he counterfeits, it authenticates and validates the genuine, the authentic. That's why you don't see a counterfeit $70 bill. Because there's no such thing as a genuine $70 bill. That's why you find counterfeit $100 bills. The counterfeit authenticates the genuine. You know, back in the day, when you say back in the day anymore, it's kind of like, How long ago? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, but they actually, you know, back when they actually still accepted cash. I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's kind of like you pull cash out and they're like, get thee behind me, Satan. We don't accept that anymore because we want to go to a digital cashless Mark B system. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. I had a prophecy update flashback. I'm, I'm back now. But no, that's true, right? You go to the bank. Ask them, ask them for, you know, $100 bills. Well, I'm so sorry, sir, we have a shortage of... No, you don't. Don't tell them like, like that. <laughs> now, can I share Jesus with you? It doesn't work. But, uh, you know, again, that's the, another topic for another time. But back in the day, I was actually going to make a profound point here. Back in the day, they would teach the bank teller to spot counterfeit currency by getting them so familiar with the genuine, counting it, feeling it, touching it, smelling it, getting familiar with it. And when they were so familiar with the genuine, they would slip in a counterfeit, and that teller would like, uh-uh, something doesn't smell quite right with that. Something doesn't quite feel right with that. One of the things I'm learning in my walk with the Lord is never, never, never go against that check that God puts in your spirit. That is His protection to protect you. The counterfeit. 
I want to read Exodus 7 verses 10 through 12. You'll see why here in a moment. This is the account of this Janus and Jambres who opposed Moses and counterfeited these miracles. We're told verse 10, so Moses and Aaron went into Pharaoh and they did so just as the Lord had commanded. And Aaron cast down his rod before Pharaoh and before his servants and it became a serpent. How cool is that? But Pharaoh also called the wise men and the sorcerers. So the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. What's up with that? What's the big deal? We can do that. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. (laughs) I love it when God does that. That's what God does. Oh, you, you can counterfeit it. Watch this. Can't counterfeit that. What's the takeaway? Oh, God will always have the final word. When it comes to evil, when it comes to the enemy, when it comes to counterfeits, you can be assured without exception, without question, (laughs) that the rod of God will swallow up the counterfeit of the enemy. This last one we'll spend the remainder of our time on in verse 9, and it's that they will be exposed publicly for who they really are. I love verse 9. I thank God for verse 9 in this chapter here in Second Timothy. This is what I absolutely love about God's Word. It's not that God does it. That's a given, okay? It's the way God does it. Think about Ezekiel 38, a prophecy we talk about often where we're told that there will be this alliance of nations that will invade Israel. The battle of Gog, Magog that we refer to it as. And so you've got Russia, Iran, Turkey, and this alliance of nations that's going to invade Israel. And it's going to be a devastating and I mean decisive and swift defeat of this invading army. And it's almost like God is kind of showing off a little bit. It's kind of (laughs) like, look at at those armies. I know, do you see how big they are? You see how many they are? You see how powerful they are? And we're just little old Israel. I know. Cool, huh? No, not cool. Watch me now. This is a setup. Watch what I'm going to do, and take note of why I'm going to do it. Not only am I going to defeat them decisively, swiftly, but the reason I'm going to do it, why I'm going to do it, is so that they will all know who I am. I am God. I am the Lord. And there will be no doubt. It will be very clear in no uncertain terms. That's why. And I'm going to do it. 
I think about the Red Sea. Oh, I love the Red Sea. That's another one, right? You know, it's, it's easily missed when you're reading the, the account of it. But could you imagine being there? I mean, you just witnessed ten over-the-top supernatural plagues come down on Egypt. You've been untouched. And miraculously, not only do you leave Egypt, you take their gold. Of course, Aaron's going to use it to build a calf later, but we'll, you know, <laughs> we'll not worry about that right now. So here you are, you've just witnessed all of this. And you come to this obstacle, well, quite, quite an obstacle actually. <laughs> it's called the Red Sea. And, and here's another problem, by the way, if you think this wasn't bad enough. Um, the Egyptians are hot on your tail. What are you going to do? I don't know. I mean, this doesn't look, not look good. This will not end well. We're either going to get killed by the Egyptians or we're going to drown in the Red Sea. Just take your pick. This is how it ends. Thanks for the memories. <laughs> Can you imagine? And then they're like, all ready to Moses. We don't know how long it was. I wouldn't... Uh, I, I can't believe it was that long after the Exodus. It had to be maybe days after witnessing all these miracles. And they come to the Red Sea, and what do they do? They start complaining. This is just the beginning of 40 years of this stuff. <laughs> and, it, and their complaint is, were there not enough graves in Egypt? God had to bring us out here to kill us? Really? That's what you think? <laughs> Poor Moses, he's got what have I gotten myself into? And so he cries out to the Lord, the Egyptians are there, the Red Sea's here, the Israelites are surrounding him. And the Lord says, I want you to take your rod. <laughs> you know the one that you turned into a serpent? Yeah, that one. And I want you to hold it out and behold the salvation of the Lord. And when we're told that the Red Sea parted and that the Israelites walked on dry ground, that means the water parted and the Israelites walked on dry ground. Now you're there. You're like, oh my goodness. I think this is the way we're supposed to go, don't you? <laughs> Thank you, God. Wow, that, that is so cool. And then here's the thing, you, you cross over on dry ground. And then the Egyptians are in pursuit, and God just waits, and then he unparts the Red Sea and kills the Egyptians. You know, there are those who say, well, you know, it's kind of interesting because that wasn't actually a miracle. At that time of the year, there's usually these high winds, and you can get, you know, the, the water parted, and you know, the, the water is actually shallow. The red, the, not the Red Sea, the Reed Sea. It's a very shallow place. You're like, really? 
Well, that's even a bigger miracle. Because how does God then drown all the Egyptians in shallow water? (laughs) Nice try. I know God's Word. (laughs) You can't do that. It says dry ground. Dry ground. It says Red Sea. You're spelling it wrong. Red Sea. One E. Let me try to bring it back. Even when it looks like evil is going to win, and doesn't it look like today that evil is going to prevail? I mean, you don't have to look too far. The evil minds, the demon-possessed satanic evil, it looks like, if, if you just look at it through the lens of the natural, it's like, pfft, again, this is how it ends. You're at the Red Sea, Egyptians behind with the vaccine, and this is how it ends. <laughs> I keep going back to the prophecy update. I'm so sorry about that, but again, I'm going somewhere. Just bear with me. But God, oh, you, oh, wait a minute. You, come on, JD. I'll just use myself as the poster child here. Do you actually think I was going to let you drown in the Red Sea? you think I was going to let you be defeated and killed by the Egyptians? Come on, you think Goliath, you think I'm going to let Goliath, you know, take your head off with his sword? Then I'm going to put in your hand to take his head off? Come on, what's the matter with you? Oh, you, th- you think evil is going to prevail? Watch me now. Watch me now. Replete throughout Scripture, we find accounts of how it looked as though, this is it, evil won, evil prospered, evil prevailed. And God says, is that really what you think? Hmm. One of my favorite examples of this is Psalm 73. Man, for those of you that were with us in our study through the book of Psalms, what a, what a rich, rich, rich study in God's Word. I think we were in Psalms for a year and a half, two years. <laughs> we were in no hurry to finish the book of Psalms. But when we got to Psalm 73, we hit a very interesting psalm because it has to do with a guy by the name of Asaph who wrote the psalm that had come to his wit's end. I mean, not only is this guy having a crisis of faith, but I mean, this is it. It's like, it's over. It's game over. I'm looking around, and all I see is evil prevailing, and it's messing me up. And I'm having such a crisis of faith right now, and I cannot see how the goodness of God in this, I cannot see how God is going to have the final word in this, and it's so bad that I won't even talk to a brother or sister in Christ, because if I do, I'll stumble them, because I'll pick up on it, because I've got some questions about why it is that God is allowing evil to prevail. Listen to Verses 2 and 3, Psalm 73. He says, But as for me, 
my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the boastful when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. In other words, here I am. I'm walking with the Lord, pleasing to the Lord, and my neighbor, who blasphemes God, pulls up in a brand new Mercedes Benz. Oh, we're trying to comfort ourselves. I can't imagine the payments on that. No, they paid cash. They did? What? They blasphemed God. And here I am. I I pull in, talk about back in the day, in my Yugo. Remember those? (laughs) That I have payments on. And I pull into the driveway and I'm like, what's up with this, God? This ain't right. They're wicked. I'm righteous in you. Surely I'm walking in righteousness in vain. And that's what he says in verse 13. Surely I have cleansed my heart in vain and washed my hands in innocence. For all day long I have been plagued, chastised every morning. If I had said, I will speak thus, behold, I would have been untrue to the generation of your children. I I couldn't even talk to people because they would have picked up on it and know that I'm having a crisis of faith and it would mess them up. When I thought how to understand this, it was too painful for me. I couldn't even bear it. Just the thought of it. Until, verse 17, just like I love verse 9, In 2 Timothy 3, I love verse 17 in Psalm 73. He says, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their end. Just wait. Oh, I know what it looks like now. Doesn't look good for the home team. (laughs) Just wait. And oh, by the way, It was when he went into the sanctuary of God, the presence of the Lord. That's a good place to start. Because when you do, then God, now that he's got you and your undivided attention, he's going to show you some things. And you know what he's going to show you? He's going to show you how it ends for them. And you go from being envious of them, angry at them, to feeling sorry for them. (gasps) No, because that's what the psalmist says. He says, I went into the sanctuary of the Lord, the presence of God. He showed me how it's going to end for them. And I'm like, oh, do they know this? Somebody better tell them. This is how it ends for them. Oh, I'm not angry at them anymore. I surely don't envy them anymore. I pity them. And isn't that an apt description of our day today? You know, I've shared many times, I hope you don't tire of me sharing this, but God has been doing a deep work in my heart towards people. And I just cannot any longer, I have my moments where I get in the flesh You always know you're in the flesh when you want a pound of flesh. 
That was pretty good, actually. That wasn't even my notes. (laughs) You're in the flesh. You want a pound of flesh? You're in the flesh. You see that politician on TV? You're like, grrr. And the Lord's like, what are you doing that for? Well, did you hear what they said? Yeah, but I died for them. We don't see people as Democrat, Republican, right, left, conservative, liberal, globalist, nationalist. I mean, you can take that list as far down as you want. If you really think about it, they're either lost or they're saved. They're either damned or they're saved. When you see their end, that's the only thing that settles me and calms me. When I look at that person and I say to myself, God, get them. I think about David in the Psalms when he prays for his enemies. Crack all their teeth in their mouth and let them choke on it. That's actually not a, that's not really what he was praying. He's basically saying, Lord, silence them. So don't be getting any ideas. God's not going to answer that prayer. But you're like, God, get them. It's like God saying, I'm trying, but not in the way you think. I'm trying to get them into heaven, because I love them. And they're not the enemy. The enemy's the enemy. We wrestle not against flesh and blood people. Our, Our battle is not against man. Our battle is against four entities listed there again in Ephesians chapter 6. Principalities, rankings of wickedness in high places. And what the enemy is doing and succeeding, dare I say, at doing it, he's riling up, working up, rising up people to destroy each other. Because As Jesus said, it is impossible. If the house is divided, it cannot stand. It's when it's divided. And is this not textbook, divide and conquer? Can you take what we just saw here in God's Word and apply that as a template and use your God-given discernment to see that? That's what this is all about. He seeks to kill, steal, kill, and destroy. But God, but God, when you see how it ends for them, it changes everything. It changes the way you see them. It changes the way you pray for them. It changes everything. You've been listening to another edition of In Spirit and Truth. Thanks for tuning in to study the Word of God. As you continue to learn from 2 Timothy with Pastor J.D., approach each piece of wisdom prayerfully and ask God to show you how you can apply what you learn to your own life. He can and does teach you through His Word, so keep reading. As we continue to learn from the book of 2 Timothy together, we'd be honored to pray for you during this study. Would you let us know how we can be doing that for you? Just fill out the contact form that you'll find under the About tab at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com or come find us on social media. 
There's a link to our Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube pages on our website. And we encourage you to follow them so you can stay up to date with all that's happening at Calvary Chapel Kamiohe and in spirit and truth. If you're not part of a local church that you can call home, we encourage you to find and begin regularly attending one in your area. And if you're in or near the Kaneohe area, come visit us. You'll find all the information you need, including service times and directions, to Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on our website, in spiritandtruthradio.com. While you're there, you can also find more of Pastor J.D.'s teachings like you heard today, including his weekly prophecy updates and the ABCs of salvation. This is a simple guide to sharing the good news of salvation in Jesus. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Thanks for joining us for this in-depth, verse-by-verse study of 2 Timothy on In Spirit and Truth. 